All right, what is going on, you guys? <laughs> this is Andy Un, and this is episode three of the Nobby Design Podcast, season two. Uh, we are going to get right in. I am very excited for this episode. I have my very good friend, Lydia Yoon. Would you like to say hello? Hello, hello. It's good to be back. Yes. Uh, guys, uh, real quick, um, for those of us who have been tracking with uh, season one, Lydia was actually the final guest on the last episode of season one, where we talk about the power of prophecy. Uh, that was a really awesome episode. Uh, so no super big introductions necessary this time, but for those who may be uh, listening to Lydia for the first time, Lydia is a singer and songwriter based here in Atlanta, Georgia. She's also a co-pastor with her husband, John Yoon, and she is a mommy to three beautiful little girls. Um, digging right into where we're going on this podcast today, um, the topic that we're going to be uh, hitting on today is really understanding our prophetic moment. And we are specifically uh, speaking about uh, what's kind of happening with Asian Americans and the Asian American church. Uh, on episode two, uh, I, I got to interview my good friend, John Joe, where we were really unpacking our cultural moment. And oftentimes, uh, our cultural moment and our prophetic moment tend to overlap. Um, it's because God works through events. God is moving in history. And we're going to be talking a bit about our prophetic moment on this podcast. So just kind of diving right in. I mean, Lydia, um, we're both from Atlanta. We both live here. Uh, I want to just ask you, um, how did you and how have you been processing by yourself with your family? Just all of the events um, that have transpired in the last week or so, uh, specifically with uh, the shooting uh, at, the, at the spas. Yeah. Um, so I, I recall uh, it was last Wednesday. Uh, that I heard the news first, uh, John had told me while we were getting ready in the morning. And then um, I was kind of just in disbelief that it was just so close to home. Mm. Um, and then looking into it myself, you, you know, through different news, um, just yeah, articles, but also mainly through social media and how people were, were responding to it. And it was all just really overwhelming. And I personally didn't know how to feel about it. I mm. was just yeah, I just felt this numbness at the same time, just not really wanting to um, like decide yet. You know, mm. I just wanted to give space. Yeah. Um, but we actually have Wednesday prayer nights. And so that was when I got to engage truly, you know, for myself and then for the Lord, like to, with the Lord. Mm. God, what, what are you doing right now? Um, what is all this? And uh, he, he just was so quick to answer. And so just to be fair, like for myself, I didn't even get the chance to buy into the narrative. Mm. I had not, I didn't get to process in that way. The first way I processed was with God, thankfully, mm. <laughs> thankfully. And so what he began to speak to me about was, um, how this was a moment for Asian American women and wow. that um, that it, it really, really reveals the cards in the devil's hands. And it, um, it, it literally is the opposite of what God is wanting to do in this moment. And of course, we need to make space 
for the tragedy. We need to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. And I'm fully present in that place. But at the same time, I'm fully present where God is with our mm. people in this moment. And I am more passionate for that, um, for that narrative mm. um, in my own personal life. And so when uh, it was, man, this whole, I just actually started writing um, just vigorously in my journal uh, while we were in, in the midst of that prayer meeting. And he started to talk me, uh, talk to me about, uh, a, it wasn't even a new version of Eve because I've heard that before, like new breed of Eve, right? It, mm. wasn't, it was a redeemed Eve. Wow. We would be fooling ourselves to say that we weren't, we weren't Eve. Mm. We've, all been Eve. We've all been deceived. Mm. We've all uh, given our rights and our authority uh, to the enemy. We've all even invited him into our families, mm. whether it was through fear or whatever or open doors. Um, and we've all kind of lost in those battles before. But I was feeling this really overwhelming stirring in my spirit about it's like no longer, you know, mm. you fool me once, shame on me, right? Mm. No, shame on you, and you fool me twice. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, once or twice. Yeah. This has been a long time coming. And mm. um, I really feel the Lord wanting to use the Asian American woman as a seedbed for revival and reformation and renewal. Mm particularly here um, in Atlanta. And I, I felt that was even strategic for the enemy to you to, to target this, this area. Mm. Um, just to give a little bit of my story. I mean, your story too. We are not here on our own accord. God mm. literally, you know, like uh, flipped the script on the script on us and, and yes. to this land. And so, and I actually know so many of our friends that moved to this region on a word of the Lord. Mm. So I really believe that that's, that's what the enemy is afraid of. Mm. And that's what he is trying to divert our attention from the mm. true narrative and true story and true victory that God is trying to bring us into. Come on. Is the main goal. <laughs> it, that's the real story that's being written, you know, Come on. where it counts. <laughs> And I, I love, uh, again, in true INF, INFP fashion, we go there. Um, and uh, no, but I, I, I already like where we're going with this, Lydia. I mean, you know, I just want to say this. Um, the reason why, you know, for this episode in particular, I felt really strong uh, to, to reach out to Lydia was because, you know, in, in so many ways, um, even with our last episode that we did, Lydia, on you know the power of prophecy and really the 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 gem or the essence of that po podcast was really on friendship. Mm, that yes. you know, it's not about getting information from God as much as it is being a, being a friend and being in relationship. And I feel like you know the reason why I I wanted to do this podcast with you, Lydia, is because. You know, in so many ways in the cultural moment that we find ourselves in, uh, I don't even have to belabor or to try to articulate at this time, right? If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, we're, we're living in the midst of it. Um, we're, we're, we're watching it unfold before our eyes. But I do believe, right? And this is where God becomes real. <laughs> this is where faith becomes real. This is where what we believe has to permeate and manifest uh, 
in a very tangible way. And I feel like, you know, if I know anything about the human soul and the way that God has created every single one of us is the greatest question, the deepest question that every single one of us is asking, whether consciously or unconsciously, is why, mm. right? Why is this happening, right? And because of that desire and pursuit for the answer to that question, you know, we, we, we go to the news sources, we are trying to make sense of all of this. But I think, you know, kind of setting the foundation of where we're going, you know, Lydia on this is, is really, if we believe, if God is who he says he is, if he's real, if he's not only the author of all of human history, but he has a plan, purpose, and destiny for every single one of us and every single people group, mm -hmm. then it draws out and begs the question, what are you saying, God, and what are you doing? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, using your words, Lydia, truly, truly, that is the only narrative that not only truly matters, but I would even say this, it's the only narrative that will actually guide us to our destiny. That's right. So just take it away. Yes. Uh, and even as you're speaking, I want to address and rebuke the lie that Christians over spiritualize things. Mm. There, there, of course, there are p Christians who do that, but those Christians are not, I don't think that's a true spiritualization of the situation. Mm. When people uh, criticize Christians of over spiritualizing, it's because they are aloof from, they are disconnected from, from reality. Yeah. And from what's happening. It's good. But you cannot put that in, you cannot throw away the baby with the bathwater, right? You have, you can't, you have to distinguish when, when it's a true spiritual matter and mm. everything is. Okay. Like we have to realize that our reality is the true reality. Spiritual reality is the true reality. That's and good. The physical is only a lagging manifestation of the spiritual reality. And mm. so there, I, and, and John and I, my husband and I, we, we've been talking through this because there is a true, almost like fear of man as we talk about these things that they would almost like, you know, discount what you have to say mm. because you're, you're talking about something so so different <laughs> right you right know? but it is it is mm. different from what you see and that's what sets us apart that's if good we, we are only as christians if we are only responding to what we see mm. we are no different from the world we've got nothing more to offer to the world than what they already have because they see what you see that's good right? but if if we as christians can set our minds on things above if we mm. recognize the battle is not flesh, is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, as the Bible states, as forces of darkness, then even the way we fight will look different. Our weapons will look different. Our strategy will look different. And all of it will come from the Lord himself. That's the biggest difference. Mm. That is the biggest difference that the source of everything that we do, our actions, our words, even our response to what is happening. So good comes it's birthed from the heart of god it's not it doesn't come from our own zeal it doesn't come from our own emotion all of those things are valid and you need to process those things before the lord in a personal space with him but that's not the place from where we speak from 
That's good. Our testimony comes from the heart of God. It comes from kingdom strategy. And let me just slide right in. I mean, you know, and I want to say it. I mean, so much of what I'm about to say is so kind of inherently obvious, but I just want to articulate it. You know, the reason why I particularly felt like, man, I really want to dialogue with Lydia about this is, and at the end of the day, Lydia, you're an Asian American woman. Yes, I am. You are, you are deeply connected from a uh, psychological and even a human level to all of the events that are taking place. Mm-hmm. It's not that you, it's not that this doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect us. Right. But what I'm hearing you say is that even, or it may be especially in the midst of this, uh, there is a separation between soul and spirit and they have to be kind of navigated well simultaneously. Right. But here's the thought that kind of came into my mind as you were sharing, right? Because, you know, when we're talking about spiritual truth and more or less, right, just using language from the last podcast, Mm -hmm. the friendship of God, right? What is, God is not aloof. God is not distant from the affairs of man. He is inextricably connected. He is with us, right? And, and it does, it, 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 it does take, I would just use this word hard work, to try and discover, to put our ears to the chest of of the one who sits on the throne and to be able to try to decipher, make sense of, listen to what he's saying. And and here's my point. You know, I think you would agree with this, Lydia, that Martin Luther King Mm -hmm. was a voice. Yes. And he wasn't a voice. uh, He was a voice that was so connected to the story but the source of the vibration of, 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 of the content of, of the reality of what he was declaring actually came from a heavenly place. It came from God. And so when, when, when Martin Luther King is addressing, you know, his people in the nation, you know, in that famous speech, I have a dream he was actually saying, I have a dream, but really I feel like what he was really saying was he's saying, God has a dream and who will listen to his dream today? Yes. Yes. Ah, I just love that. Um, I think that's also, man, that point right there, his dream. Yeah. If we were so in love with him, yeah, the church would be so in love with him that we would be so passionate to relieve his heart and his dream yes his dream more than what we feel like we need to pull on god for this is good and 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 that that is what's going to bring about the kind of change you're talking about the kind of change that martin luther brought into the world the kind of change that was was a kingdom change and a god change you know not like not a flash in the pan you know yes not not these man as much as i love these fundraisers and all those things like it's just it's so limited you know what is money gonna fix really yeah at the end of the day and that priority is so so i feel like that's what we're trying to return to that's what he's trying to get us to return to since the beginning of covid i believe that that's what god's agenda was this is good 
church to put him first, that even when they burn and intercede for something, when they fight for something, that it would not be because they want it Mm. from an assumption that God wants it, but that they would be so connected to the heart of God. They would be so intimate with him. They would befriend him, know Mm. his pain, know his desires, know his dreams. And then from a place of voluntary love, actually to go out and and put their hands and feet to it. That's so different. Mm. We we can't really judge from the outside. Sometimes we don't know the motives of the heart, but Mm. that's what God is looking at. And I feel like that's what even God is separating. Yeah. He is really, uh, what's the word? What is, what is that thing that separates everything? (laughs) Like you take it and it's just, you have. Like filter. Yes, the filter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm losing my words. Uh, But yeah, that's. I really do believe he's trying to separate the purity of God's people. That's good. In in the midst of all the noise that's happening. But actually, I did want to hear from you on this. Sure. Aspect. You were saying you you know we need to lean into the 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 heartbeat of God, you know, into His chest and hear what He's saying. But I feel like oftentimes that there's so much that's happening in our own hearts that muddle our yeah. ability uh, ability to hear from Him truly. And, you know, we were talking yesterday and just some of that process, I feel like is, is so relevant to what you have to share with us. Um, yeah. yeah. So just go there for us. Yeah. Um, I have become the interviewed. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love this. Thanks, Lydia. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for going here. I feel. Okay. Let me, let me, I'll narrate it in story form. Um, you know, quickly when, when I found out, um, on the night of, you know, I was actually, you know, writing some stuff, preparing the teaching. And then my older brother texted me, you know, dude, did you see this? And it said 11 alive news, breaking news. Mm. Um, I watched it and I read it and I kept reading and I, um, it's so hard to articulate. Um, but you just, I just kind of stood there and was just almost in 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 shock and, and almost dumbfounded that that this had just happened right um for the next couple of days you know just going back to what you were asking lydia uh i i completely agree and that's why i so appreciate you asking that question right is oftentimes um the way that the lord has designed us the way that god has designed us is with uh, distinct yet interconnected parts. And so the human soul and the human spirit are distinct, yet they are interconnected. And that's a whole beauty and science in and of itself. And so I guess for me, whether it is my formal training or whether it's my just understanding of this stuff or whatever, I just knew for myself, I think I cognizantly knew Lydia that, um, that there was real pain and there was real grief that was happening. And I knew, right, that if I was going to actually be able to hear God in any sort of coherent, uh, a distinguishable way, yeah. that actually uh, I, I had to be fully present with the pain simultaneously. And so what that looked like for me, and, you know, I've actually never shared this, and maybe because it's my, or it's the Nobby Design podcast, I just feel safe to just kind of be me, but you know, for the next few days, um, 
you know, for lack of better words, I can't really describe it other than to say that it was emotional. Um, uh, I don't even know if that word does it justice, but you know, the next morning I came downstairs, um, to go to work and, uh, I just, I gave you a hug uh, before I go to work every day and I gave her a hug and she just started crying, you know? Um, and we just kind of were present together in that moment. Um, I want to say something quickly. Uh, vulnerability, true vulnerability is actually where holiness is found. Yes. We're, many of us are so afraid to be vulnerable and we're missing out on holiness. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get back to that in a second, right? So for the next few days, I'm literally kind of navigating and processing life as it comes to me, you know, it's not like you have a plan for any of this. And, you know, for whatever, what reason I found myself with a, a sense of grief kind of surfacing and channeling up within me where kind of the only um, appropriate response for me was to actually just start crying. So I would find myself driving on the road and I would just get a glimpse and uh, a moment in time where I would just think about uh, two young men um, that lost their mom and, uh, and I just start crying, you know? I think it was, um, I, think it's, I think it's so many things at the same moment, right? I think there's just a natural human uh, empathy that's there because you're a parent and you have two boys and you just, you know, whatever, it, it just, the reality sets in that whatever we, you believe, it's the fact of the matter is, is like somebody lost a mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, you know? I think with that also came what I would like to call just maybe the collective consciousness of the Asian community. And I'm not going to belabor that point, but for whatever, what reason, you know, we as an Asian community, whether it's cultural, whether it's our upbringing, our value systems, all of the above, we, we see our existence or we see our life in a communal fashion, right? So I think there was a level of that too, but I want to highlight something and then I'm going to, I want to kind of bring you in Lydia, but I actually, right now I'm thinking about actually the night that we had at Passion, Passion City Church. Yeah. And I want to kind of share this story and then I want to hear from you but, you know, um, in, in, a, in a period of four days, I got contacted from a very good friend of mine, um, shout out Josh Clemens. And he asked me, he said, Andy, I know everything's very raw in this moment in time. Um, would you like to speak at an event that we're hosting at Passion City Church uh, as a response for what happened with the eight people that died? And uh, honestly, I went back and forth. But the decision that I made was I said, I want to be present. And, and actually, if I'm just being really honest, it was a hard decision. Um, because in just the, the truest part of what I'm trying to say that night, I, I genuinely, a big part of me wanted to just be at home with my wife and kids and just kind of veg and lounge. But I felt like I needed to show up and I did. And um, you're kind of getting the uncut version, but you know, as I went there, um, obviously kind of mixed emotions. Uh, I was grateful that passion city church as a community decided to respond in some shape or fashion. Right. 
And as I went there, right, uh, I already knew that you and, and John were going to be there. And, you know, we were all sitting together in the kind of the quote unquote green room. And, you know, I looked at you and we just hugged each other. You know, it was just like, man, thanks for being here, you know, or it's good to be here and just good to have friends. And so because I think I would have felt a little lonely that night if if yeah. if it wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so as I as I was there, they asked me if I would share uh, a few words on um, what was going on with the Asian American community. And it's like, what a task. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, okay. Um, And I really sat there and I thought about it. And, you know, my mind quickly went to this. In a matter of 10, 15 minutes, what can I actually say that's of it. That's of it of any real substance. You know, I played it out in my head, Lydia. I was like, maybe I can share some t- statistics. Maybe I can raise awareness. But all of those thoughts quickly evaporated as I really started to hone in on just what became so apparently true. And it was this: I felt like more than communicating, I just needed to demonstrate. Mm. Um, sometimes we talk too much and we do so little. Or we don't know how to be in the moment. And for me, my only desire that night was I wanted to be fully present with my pain and the pain of the reality of of these eight victims um, that are no longer with us. I wanted to make sure, and this is very Asian of me, and I have no qualms about it, but I wanted to honor them. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to honor their life, right? Made in the image of God. And so when I went up there, you know, I, I basically read out their names and I'll kind of quickly wrap up and I'll, I want to hear from you, but um, I didn't realize, I didn't really plan for the tears to start to well, but I felt like it did for so many reasons. And I, as I started to read their names, I think the reality of, of, of all of that hit me and I was mourning but there was a moment in time where we were taking a moment of silence and I'll just share this quickly, but um, this is actually what was going through my head, Lydia, and I didn't realize it until later that night. But as I was closing my eyes in that 30 seconds or so, I, I actually said this inside and it was um, to the women and to the victim, it was actually like, I'm so sorry. And um, yeah, it, it was that I, I was very, um, I just said, I'm so sorry. And I felt like I, I felt like we failed them in so many ways. And so I just say all of that, just wrapping it up. And I want to hear your thoughts, Lydia, because I mean, just being with you and John and, you know, having you pray uh, was so, it, it just, it, it's just, it's what the, the, it's what the moment needed, but bringing it full circle, I feel like that moment, Lydia, where the tears fully came out, actually for the next three days after that, I felt like the voice of God for me was like a fire hydrant. That's my point. Yes. yes. And my friend texted me and, and he's at, and he was kind of asking me how I'm doing. And I said, 
when the tears flow, it opens the ears to hear again. Oh, good, bro. So. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for sharing that because really what you're doing in essence is modeling how people can do that for themselves. And so thank you. Thank you for sharing in vulnerability and, um, yeah, helping other people maybe. Because, you know, like what happens is when if we keep that inside, you said it yourself yesterday, right? On the phone call, you're like, I, if I don't let this come out before the Lord, you know, it's going to come out some other way. <laughs> and I, we don't know if we want to go there with that. Energy, you know? <laughs> and it's true. It will come out. Yeah. It will come out. But friends, if we are, if we have the God of the universe at our fingertips, if we have this friend of friends, you know, like where, why, why would you want to spill that on social media when you could go to Jesus? Yes. You can go to him and let him minister to you and just weep and find no place of judgment because he is our high priest and he can minister to you and comfort you in a way that no, no one, no one can, no one. And I just, I just wanted that. I wanted that to be like given permission. You are allowed to do that. You can't can't help. We can't help how we feel about certain things. Right. And we need to be able to process those things so that we can hear from the Lord. I don't know why this time around, you know, me, I'm a very emotional creature. God just didn't let me go there. For sure. I think because of what he did in my life the past yeah. years, that he completely purged me on that end. Yeah. It was like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to talk and mm. got my attention from the very beginning. But look at this, like if we were not friends and we only saw each other on social media and I only saw you emotionally processing this and I was only getting this spiritual revelation. Yeah. Very easily. These things could be, you know, pitted against each other so misinterpreted that's what what breaks my heart because that's what i'm seeing on social media that is in friendship and relationship and real conversations yes actually finding more division in the asian american community particularly even in the christian community so sad even in this moment in this moment of solidarity and unity and healing that we can find yes picking at each other because we refuse to engage first with our own hearts and then yeah. with one another that's it and so i just i just love that we're able to have this conversation and yeah. that even our responses and our journeys have been so unique and yeah. yet god is in it yes he's so in it and then he's bringing it together and there's so yes much healing there there's so much power there I just, I just love you, man. <laughs> I'm so thankful for this conversation. I know. I'm so thankful. I mean, no, and I, I want to, I just want to extend the honor back, Lydia. And you know, us as INFPs, we're, we're high authenticity people. We don't just say things for the sake of saying it, right? But like, you know, as I thought about you and, and, you know, there's not many people that I can say this about. And I even, you know, messaged you on social media and I said, you know, not many people have the authority, Lydia, to say what you're saying. And I really meant that because, you know, obviously we're not, you know, we don't ever think of ourselves this way, but it's precisely that, that like, you know, like, I feel like you have lived, you have modeled, you continue desire to model and live in the vein 
of being God's friend. And I think that it, I know that it speaks volumes to people, you know? Um, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Um, Lydia, if you, if you don't mind, I would love to hear from you kind of more from like a, like a narration standpoint of, cause right after that moment, you know, again, tag team, but like after that moment at passion, you know, they, we kind of did a prayer chain and then, you know, you took the mic and as I told my wife, I said, you know, heaven came down. Like, I was like, it's game Ganas, you know, <laughs> like, like I was like, it was game over after that. But, um, but, but take us through Lydia, uh, uh, what is it that you were sensing and what did you feel from the heart of God in that moment in time? Um, yeah, honestly, I was totally blank slated going up there too. I had no agenda and, uh, what came out of me was what would have come out of me in my closet, you know, and I was just engaged with the Lord and here here's what i've wrestled through with this right like sometimes being a friend of god will make it seem like you're an enemy to man <laughs> and um sometimes i guess i've man it's like i've fought so many times on how I can phrase things so that it wouldn't be offensive to other people. But mm. all the while, you know, even as I profess to be a friend of God, even as you were honoring me in that way, I wasn't a great friend because I was still more sensitive to how they would react than mm. how God felt as I was trying to, you know, like tend to their palate. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. so something, honestly, a, a flip, a, a switch flipped in me last week mm. the struggle in the midst of like you know repenting a fear of men over and over again in the midst of questioning my identity and my role in this hour i said you know what god like i already know what your heart is mm. you've already been talking to me about how you feel about this like i don't want to beat around the bush anymore mm. i just want to do what relieves your heart mm. he, you know the thing is Oh gosh, so much of it. I I almost felt this pressure because, and I again, I thank God so for good. this so solidarity good. that the Black uh, Christians, that you know, the non-Asian community has been creating this the space, right? But because of the media narrative, it's only a space of of this victimization, right? You know, and. And that's not the prayer that was coming out of me that night. Dude, go there. It was a prayer of repentance on Come behalf on. of our people. Come on. I remember the first thing was that, man, this, I didn't even think of this, but like the prayer that came out of my mouth was, God, we have neglected our own. Those yeah. women, oh, man, those women were the first ones that we threw out of the Korean church. Yes. The, the single moms, right? with questionable occupations, right? The ones that didn't fit in the box of the Korean church or the Asian church. They were the first ones mm. that we had neglected. Mm. And then, and again, this is God's perspective. Mm. You know? And then for us to raise our voices and, and, and point at another mm. without, without really, oh man, examining our own hearts before the Lord. Yeah. And again, this is the same thing since COVID started. He's just trying to get us to humble ourselves, mm. to turn from our own wicked ways and to seek his face. And who from the world know our, he's a like God's people. 
my people. Mm. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the ones who, who say, you know, who, who say they believe in this stuff, you know, who, who claim to have a relationship with him. And yet all of our, like our words and our actions and our responses have been so, so aloof to the heart of God. Mm. And my heart breaks and honestly it's frustrated and you know at, even before coming on this call i said god can you kind of like dial down the frustration because i feel like it's so emotional and i feel like it's so it's not good. holy it's but good. god was like no that's how i feel yeah that's the frustration in my heart yes my own people my yes. own friends my own children don't know me this is it's so good heart and what I'm burning for. They don't know the, what the real issue is. They don't know where the real battle is. And they're mm. fighting on the wrong fronts, mm. hurting one another instead of engaging in the ways that I want them to. And they're not even leaning into my voice. You know, and there's just so much heartbreak in the midst of all this. That's good. And so like, as much, again, as much as I grieve, with all the pain and the trauma and the stories that are coming from the Asian American community. Cause I realized that these stories and these hate crimes have become a trigger to all of that. Mm -hmm. and that does not negate what we've been through, what you've been through personally, right? For every single person who feels triggered in that way, that's the space where you need to go through where, what Andy went through mm -hmm. to bring it before and grieve in your own heart, let the tears flow and walk in, just begin to walk in that healing. But in terms of the message that I want to be trumpeted in this hour, that's not it. I'm sorry. It's good, Lydia. It's not my story that I want to be narrated to the world. It's yeah. not my story of pain and my trauma, because I have that too. But yes. that's not the story that I want to be blasted out. Come on. Come I want on. God's story to be yes. I yes. want his pain to be heard. Mm. I want his dream to be heard in this hour. And if God, would you raise up your friends to do that? Come on. Yeah, that's our burning heart for this this episode, right? That's why we're here. We don't mm. care. We don't mm. care about, you know, what we've got to say about this, but we care about God's voice being heard. That's it. And we're talking about the Asian American voice, but it's God's voice, you know. Yeah. I I want to I want to jump in here, Lydia, because we're we're going somewhere right now. Um two phrases. You've heard me share this, but I want to say it now. I think that you know, there's two, there's, there's two phrases. Oftentimes God kind of speaks to me in phrases. Mm -hmm. One thing that he said to me was he said, um, or the phrase was, uh, we got to start thinking three dimensionally in a binary conversation. Right. And really what that means is it actually, that, that, that three dimensionalism is actually the heart of God. That's right. right. So what you and I are doing in this very moment in time, not talking about it, not excavating it, not, trying to teach on it, but what we're, what you and I are living, what we are doing on this very conversation as friends is seemingly, seemingly, right? Two different messages, but actually that's one message. Mm -hmm. It's one unified message that's coming together, right? So that's the first thing that I want to say, because I actually stand in complete agreement with everything you're saying. Um, the second thing I want to say is this, you know, this phrase has been playing so strong and I actually, the first time I wrote it down, I felt like I was saying it for myself. But the more I kept thinking about it, I was actually realizing, I'm like, no, this is what, this is what God is saying. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Right. And that's often how it works. This is why the need for true emotional intelligence, true vulnerability is so connected to genuine spirituality, genuine hearing God's voice, truly hearing, not assuming that we know what he's saying, but really being able to hear. This is why they happen together because oftentimes God is actually speaking through us, but we have to be uh, vulnerable and healthy enough to do that. So here's what I'm saying. I wrote down this, this, this phrase and it was, I don't, I'm not looking for a tribe. Mm. I'm not looking for allies. I'm looking for a family. And I was first expressing that for myself, Lydia, like I'm like in this time, I'm not looking for a tribe of people, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not looking for tribalism. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for allies. That's right. And the reason why in my heart of hearts, I'm not looking for allies is the third point, but it's because allies may be great. And and again, we're not discriminating against that, but an ally is banded with you because of a common enemy. Mm. But in our heart of hearts, what we're really looking for, we're not looking for a tribe. We're not looking for allies. We're looking for a family. And the reason why we're looking for a family is because the first two have nothing to do with love. And we're truly looking for love. We're looking for a family that's willing to say, I'm going to stick it with you no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what God is saying in this hour, yeah. right? Yeah. God is saying he's not looking for a tribe. Oh, God. He's not looking for a people that have the badge Christian on their shirt yeah. and say, I'm a part of God's tribe. That's not what he's looking for. God's not even looking for allies, He's not looking for people that will take up his cause as honorable and as great as that may be at times. Mm-hmm. But if we, if you and I are talking right as, 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 as friends, as, as ones that care for him and, and we want to hear from him, what God is truly looking for in his heart of hearts is he's looking for a family and he's looking for a family a, because that's what he's always been after, his sons and daughters. He's not looking for Christians. He's not looking for a religion. He's not looking for people to do great work in his name. He's not. He's actually looking for relationship. He's looking for people who will actually be with him, who will listen to him. And I think, and I'm, I'm only just highlighting this, uh, Lydia, because I feel like this is really what's in your heart, right? The frustration that's in your heart is truly is is the frustration of how long will we go on as the seemingly people of God confessing Lord, Lord out of our mouth, but yet our hearts are so far from him. And I'm not saying this as an indictment. Please don't misunderstand me. That we I have no position to do that. But I do believe that there's something there. And I and I just want to bring it full circle because I believe in this prophetic moment in time that we find ourselves in if we are truly going to live and be anything of any true eternal substance, then this is what's going to be required. Man, I'm, yes, that's it. That's just it. That's everything. If we would just, if everything would be just for him. That's good. And even that statement feels like it falls so short because we've literally used it for everything. (laughs) Right. Right. We set up our own events and then we're like, let it, let this be all for you. (laughs) 
God, God, man, we, we need mercy. We need yeah. mercy in this hour. It's good. And I'm just, you know, I, I feel like there are so many, you know, I think it's just idols, idols that we have given ourselves over to. Mm. We're so devoted and loyal to these other gods mm. that we don't recognize that it's actually in service to these gods rather than the God that we claim to serve. Come on. And, and some of those things, you know, it could, it's straight up, you know, humanism, putting man at the center of it all. Yeah. Whether that's your emotions trumping everything, whether that's your logic trumping everything. Come on. Your perception, um, even your love of humanity. Yeah. That love of humanity has been so dangerous for us in our generation. Good. Because even, even great social justice movements and all that stuff, if it's not birthed from the heart of God, mm. if it's not birthed from, from the place of, wow, I'm doing this because, of, because you care for it, not because mm. I care for it. Mm. Right? it the, if the source wasn't there to begin with, mm. then really, it's more useful for the enemy than it is for God. Mm. And and that's where the distinguishing factor lies. That we just need to come back to the heart of the Father. Oh, I wish I wish it was like. <laughs> no, I'm 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 with you, Lydia. And I'm when I'm hearing you say this too. You know, like this verse just popped in my head. Right? It's blessed are the peacemakers, yes. for they will be called sons of God. Uh, yes. We can't make true peace uh, if we're not really His kid. Uh, you know, I feel like your challenge to all of us, you know, and it's, it's for you, it's for me, it's for all of us, right? But I think the challenge is really how much substance do we actually carry? Yeah. You know, how real is this? You know, and I'm not, again, trying to say that in any sort of condescending fashion. I just think it's a real question. And, you know, because I think what's, sorry, verses just keep coming to my head right now. You know, it says in the book of James, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he'll raise you up. So really what I hear you saying, Lydia, is, is it's not that God doesn't have a plan to raise up the Asian American voice. He just wants to do it his way. That's right. That is right. And Talk on it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> and, and that is what we are forfeiting in this hour. Mm. If we keep going the way that the, this, narr this media narrative is playing out for us and yeah. we let them dictate what our story is, yeah. that's what we will forfeit because that is the way of man. Mm. That is the way of the temporary fixations, right? Temporary solutions and then it's just a flash in the pan. It will pass. Mm. It will pass. And again, where's the eternal substance? Mm. Make an eternal mark mm. in the hour that God has his finger on the Asian American community. Yeah. Are we going to, well, how are we going to use this moment? That's good. Man. I, I, I feel a real drawing in moment right now, Lydia, and I just want to kind of go with it, but it's like, I feel right now, if you're listening to this podcast, right? First of all, thank you. Thank you for, for tuning in. Thank you. I believe you're here for a reason. And 
Um, if you're listening to this podcast and something is stirring in your heart, right? I just want to give it a, a moment to breathe and I want to just kind of keep moving with what I'm sensing. But if you're on this podcast and something is stirring in your heart, you recognize both the pain of what's really happening, but something is percolating in your heart and you, there's, a, there's a recognition within you. God, what are you doing? You know, God, what are you saying in the midst of, of all of this? You know, I would like to say just a couple of things here. And then, you know, Lydia, I'd just love to hear from you as well. But I would say, number one, my first real challenge to you would be uh, how honest have you been with yourself and with God? Mm. Okay. How honest have you been with yourself and with God? Okay. Anger is an aberration of pain. Right. there's moments for anger. I get angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what I'm really trying to tell you, and I'm speaking to you as a brother is your anger oftentimes is, is a way for you to try to communicate pain and you don't know how. Yeah. And I'm going to just challenge you. It takes maturity and vulnerability to express pain for what it is. Mm-hmm. When I say something like, man, I can't stand that person or that person makes me angry. Actually, the little and child inside of you is actually saying, I feel rejected by them. That hurt me. But we're not able to communicate that because we are afraid of our truest emotions. So I would say that first and foremost is, listen to me. I'm talking to you as your friend. I'm talking to you as your brother. I'm an Asian American, we are family. And I'm telling you right now, let's do the hard work. Let's, let's get quiet. Let's learn what it means. Even if you've never traversed this road before, let's, let's take the time to turn off the distractions. Let's, let's get rid of all of the noise so we can find the sound. So we can find out what is really going on. Let's start there first. And the reason why I say that is because (laughs) oftentimes it's in that place. Let me just say something right now, and I don't really care the way it sounds, but this is just me being authentic. One of the holiest moments, and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, Lydia. (laughs) One of the holiest moments that I've ever been a part of was a pastor on stage screaming the F word in pain. Mm. He was agonizing in pain Mm. and he wasn't attacking somebody with the F word, but he was being honest with himself. And I understand that this will offend every religious bone in your body. I don't care. Mm. For me, that was one of the holiest moments because I felt God kiss that moment with his undying love. I felt God kiss with the love of God our deepest pains and our deepest moments. I think the two go hand in hand. So I want to say that is if we're truly going to navigate these waters, because I know what you may be feeling, you're listening to Lydia and you're feeling it, but you're there, there may be something inside of you. It's like, I want that, but I don't even know where to begin. And I would just say this is that let's begin by just trying. Mm -hmm. We're never going to have it all figured out, but if that means, and I, and I, I give you permission to do this. If that means screaming in your car, because it would be better for us sometimes to scream 
before the Lord who can take it Mm -hmm. and to be truthful with him, to allow him to speak back. So I just want to say that Lydia, I just, I just felt compelled to say that is that it's much easier to be angry than it is to say that I'm in pain. Yeah. And, 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 and I believe that it takes a much more courageous soul, um, to truly be in tune with oneself so that we can hear the heart of God. Yeah, man, I was, I was having a moment with the Lord while you were doing that because while you were just talking through it, because he told me, he's, he's, he rocked me with this last week too. He was like, you know, that un, undealt with um, matters of the soul. Yeah. And then how it turns into anger. Yes. And then how we find external things to, to blame and then how we act on it. Do you know that's exactly what that man did at the mm. school shootings? Mm. Wow. It's exactly wow. what he did. Wow. And so when, when the Lord showed me that, I broke mm. because it was this brokenness of the human soul and then even more that the church of God, again, has the ability to be able to process these things, has the way to be able to heal, you know, and and the friend to be able to talk to, and whether that's in the true community of Christ or Christ himself, Mm. still don't utilize these things that we're still trying to, you know, lean on ourselves and find these temporary solutions or, um, you know, like, wow. It just momentary, like just being distracted every day, right? The next thing, next thing. And then like, you feel like you're getting over it, but it's not, it's just time passing and it's just this stuff bubbling up and then it manifests. And then you wonder where that came from, but that yet is another opportunity for God to reach you in your brokenness. That's like God knocking on your door, but you know, in, in the mix of all this, like I was even struggling to say this aspect of God has grown so much of a compassion in me mm. towards the perpetrator mm. in the midst of all this, because mm. again, it shows our deep, deep need. Our world needs. Yeah. He says he was a Christian. Mm. He was supposed to be a Baptist. Mm. Right. And then like the the way the social media was spinning it off was like, you know, I don't know. They were just talking about denomination issues and all that stuff. But I'm like, it's all noise. Ah, this is us. Yeah. He's a picture of us. Mm. The church mm. unable to process, mm. unable to heal. Man, it breaks me even now. It breaks me. That's good, Lydia. You know, I don't know if this is INFP energy that just feeds off of each other. <laughs> But, you know, I'm going to start kind of descending the plane a little bit. But I mean, I just think there's there's a lot of substance here. And I think that, you know, it would be it would be worth listening to, but it would also be worth going into solid uh, going into a quiet place, you know, after this. Right. Like, don't just go to one piece of information to a next. I think that's the greatest disservice we do to our own soul and our own mind. Um. This is what was coming to me as you were sharing as well, Lydia, is that I've often believed and I have such strong convictions as to why the two greatest, or let me put it like this, the greatest stronghold in America is division. Mm. 
And it manifests itself through racism and religion because racism divides us from one another and religion divides us from God. And I really feel in this moment, we're talking about our prophetic moment. I want to say it for what it is. If we will not deal with the religion inside of us, we will not be able to deal with the racism outside of us. I, I really feel just, this is me kind of like bringing it all together in many ways. I feel like what you've been talking about, Lydia, what we're just, what we're galvanizing in this conversation, it, it really boils down to religion. Right. It really boils down to our separation, our quote unquote separation from God. Yeah. Right. And I think that that separation that we that we have and that we perpetuate actually gives us a distorted, muddled understanding of how to address the real the racism out there. Yeah, that's great. Right. Because let me just put it clearly. I believe clearly both of these are very real phenomena happening in the United States. Racism is very clearly real and religion is very clearly real. And I believe that right now we're talking about this prophetic moment for the Asian American body, the Asian American church. I believe that if we will respond, come on guys, if we will respond to the heart of God in this hour, I believe that God will raise up. God wants God. It is in the heart of God to raise up Asians in this moment in time to play a unique role that no one else can. And I really mean that because I believe that when we can deal with the religion in our hearts and we, and God, God ushers us, God is going to usher us. God wants to usher us into the arena to be a voice that no one else can truly be. I don't say that ethnocentrically. I say that with conviction. Mm. And I think what I hear you saying, Lydia, what I hear me saying is we're saying, guys, there is a birthright. It is not arrogant to say that it's a birthright. But at the same time, what we're simultaneously saying is let us not forfeit that birthright. Right. Right. There is a real traversing that has to take place in this time. We're saying all of these realities in the same moment, but we're saying that there is a birthright. And if we will, if we will do, if we will respond together to the heart of God, then I do believe God wants to raise up the Asian American voice for a very significant purpose in this hour. Lydia, would you like to say anything? Yeah, I mean, even as you say that the birthright, what Esau gave up his birthright for was a bowl of stew. What was that? It was immediate satisfaction. He wanted immediate satisfaction. I believe even the call for immediate justice in some sense is it can be that. Mm. It can be trading in the birthright for for a bowl of stew. Because mm. God has so much more in mind. And that That's doesn't good. go to say what I mean by justice. Of course, the guy needs to pay for what he did. Yeah. By law, he needs to pay for what he did. But in our heart of hearts, if we can recognize the perpetrator inside of us, we would plead for mercy on a spiritual sense. We would plead for mercy over his soul, that God would save him and God would save us. And there is, that is the true response of the gospel. I am not ashamed to say that. Mm. And again, that anger is, it's right. It's right in the sense that you can't control it. It's natural, Mm. right? But as we go through our emotions, as we unpack those things, as we let it flow, we need to be able to become vessels to hold the emotions of God 
That's good. The emotions and the rightness of God. And that looks so different from what we believed it to be. <laughs> and, and the humility is required for you to go there. But again, all this entire process, I just love this entire process that God has so beautifully laid out for anyone who's going to listen to this. There is a process to that. And yeah. don't rush it. Don't rush it. It's not immediate. It's it's very, it's thorough. God knows yeah. exactly what he's doing. And just leaning into his leadership, leaning into his grace and just yeah. all that he has in mind for us, I think is that rest you know, that deep place of rest is what's going to get us there, not in our striving. That's good. I, I feel like I want to tie the ribbon by actually sharing this. Um, and it's weird because I left it out of my story before, and maybe it was for this. But, you know, Lydia, that night um, when we were all together at Passion uh, on Friday night, I just had a super raw moment and I just want to talk about it. Um, I'm going to keep it a thousand. Um, there is a gangster Andy that lives inside of here somewhere. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just keeping it real guys. I'm just, can I be real? Like there is, there is a, there is a side of Andy, um, that grew up in the era of the KP hunks, mm-hmm. right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, God bless you. You don't need to know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but there's a very like real gangster side inside of me. Anyways, only reason why I bring that up, you know, The two days, um, literally two days uh, uh, after, you know, finding out about what took place um, on the news, it was real. It was real. The anger was real. The anger was absolutely real. It was, it was real. That's all I can say. Okay. Um, When I went up on stage, I didn't know what I was going to say. I had a basic idea, but I didn't really know what I was going to say. Everything felt like it was happening so real time. Mm. And all I knew just in my heart was that I was, I wanted to end with the Lord's prayer, but I didn't even know why. Okay. So as I'm on stage and we're, we're mourning and we're grieving the, the victims that passed away. Can I just throw this in here, please? I have to for those that may not fully understand, um, you know, the, the genuine grief that Asian Americans feel, and even particularly here in Atlanta, I would just lovingly ask you to do this. Please simultaneously don't minimize grief. That's not helping the conversation. And I hope you hear my heart in that. Okay. But in that moment, as we process the as we were processing and 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 just calling their you know basically mourning and having a moment of silence we ended and i said can we can we recite the lord's prayer together and this is the prayer that many of us recite every sunday our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive one another. And even right now, I just got choked up again. Um, when I was on stage that night, I literally couldn't finish the prayer. I said, forgive us our sins. 
and uh, literally like an apple forming in my throat, I, I just couldn't get the words out. And I just knew in that moment that God was actually giving me real grace to forgive. What we're talking about today is we're not feeding you theological animal crackers. We're not giving you this insubstantial words. We're actually speaking from the depth of our heart tonight. And what we're saying is we're saying, this is going to be a journey, you guys. And I just want to wrap up by saying this, you know, Lydia, I feel like I speak for both of us. You know, it's like Lydia and I, we're not anybody. We're just two people freaking trying to raise kids and, you know, like trying to love God in the process and, you know, whatever. We're normal. We're just, we're, we're people. But I will say this, you know, I think as a, as a, as a Unni and as a Nuna figure, you are to so many, Lydia, you know, and for me, you know, being a young and an opa, it, 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 it's real for me, you know. I just want to say that well, we're here, yeah. you know, we're here. And I think if you're looking for a process, you know, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out because I'd rather deal with the raw, the raw yes inside of you, you know, than to deal with, you know, the complete no. And so, yeah, that's me, Lydia. I don't know. Do you have any final words, any thoughts you would like to share? Oh, brother, uh, that was the most powerful moment of the night for me too. Just as you were saying the end of that prayer, and I, that was it right there where he landed us. And it's, it's that forgiveness. It's the power of the gospel. It's what we claim to believe in. But it's, this is where we show. This is where it shows whether we would believe in, and walk in that way. And um, I just pray for that grace and that mercy to be able to do it. I know that it, it needs to be a supernatural thing, not mm. a religious thing, not like you do it because you have to. Yeah. Not even like you do it because you're a Christian. Yeah. Because we've experienced it like we or or because we freshly experience it for ourselves right now. And mm. that's like a, a daily thing. And so I'm 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 praying for you, whoever you are, I am praying for you. I'm praying for us in this moment, in this Kairos moment for our Asian American family, that we would catch the story of God, that we would catch his heart and that it would heal our own hearts and that it would, you know, somehow overflow into the world. Yeah. That's, that's what I pray for. Come on. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, this has been a real episode and Thankful for you, Lydia. Thanks for being on together. Um, and yeah, you guys, you know, in the next uh, five episodes, four episodes, sorry, you know, we're, we're really going to be hearing from, you know, uh, a mosaic of voices. And these are people that I trust. These are friends. These are people that I love, people that I respect. And so I would really ask you uh, to tune in because I do believe God is painting a picture right now. and. Um, yeah, and I think it's gonna take all. It's gonna it's gonna take all of us. Go ahead. I'm gonna need to promote it, you know, like, <laughs> because I'm not one to promote. Yeah, I'm I'm seriously knowing. I know in my spirit that we need to hear these voices in this hour. Yeah, come on. The voice is going to help guide. Yes. The church of God into where God wants to bring us. So please do share. You know, tune in and and then share. Come share on 
churches, share with your friends, you know, the Asian American community, those who are Christians, you know, and you know, anyone that you know is going to benefit from this, but more than anything, really to benefit God, okay? Yeah, come <laughs> if on. If you want to get on the same page, uh, please do share and put it out there. Yeah. Come on. Thank you guys for tuning in. God bless. Have a great night. Bye, guys.